Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're on the coast of Western Africa in the city of Monrovia, Liberia, with my new friend, Stefan Leko. Stefan lives in Colorado, and he hosts the This Is It podcast. But today, we're going to talk about his work as the director of a charity that does anti-trafficking work in Liberia. When he's not helping out the Monrovia community, one of the things he loves most when visiting Liberia is hanging out on the beach while drinking a local club beer. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Liberia. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Now, I avoid renting cars as much as possible when I travel, but sometimes you just need a car for a few hours. That's where Zipcar comes in. You can rent their cars by the hour or by the day, and both gas and insurance are included in one flat rate. Use our link to join at wetravelthere.com forward slash Zipcar to start out with $25 worth of credits in your bank. All right. Hey, Stefan, it's great to have you on the show. Let's talk about Monrovia, Liberia. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about a city that probably very few people listening have traveled to yet. Honestly, when you reached out to me to talk about your city, I didn't really know much about it. And in researching it, there's actually a lot of really cool things to do there. So what's your connection to the city? So I travel to Monrovia for work. So I get to go there about every other month to stop in. And I, I'm usually there for about a week at a time. So it's enough time to go and check out some of my favorite spots. And I always try to find a new place every time I'm there just to expand my horizons a little bit. I'm glad that you have so much knowledge about the city, even though you're based in Denver right now, correct? That's right. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, for people that don't really know much about Liberia as a country, where would you say that is on the map of Africa? If you're looking at the map all the way to the left, to the West Coast, and right about where it starts to curve over, right on the lower part of that. A lot of people like know where Nigeria is, so it's just a couple countries west of Nigeria. Okay. For people that don't know about Monrovia and Liberia, how would you describe the people there? What's one word you'd use to describe your experience? I think right now the word I would use would be resilient. I mean, this country has gone through an awful lot. They had a 10-year civil war. I think a lot of people probably watched the movie Blood Diamond, which you know takes place in Sierra Leone, but Liberia was involved in that conflict as well. And so they had a 10-year civil war. They finally got out of it, and then Ebola hit. And so you have this country that's trying to get back on its feet. They're starting to get on the right track. And then this crazy disease hits. Thousands upon thousands of people are dying, and the infrastructure in place wasn't quite adequate. But the people are just resilient. They figured out a way to keep going on. And so when you go and you talk to people on the streets, everyone's super friendly and wants to invite you in. I mean, the lovely thing about Liberia and a lot of West Africa, too, is people are just so hospitable. There's just a real familial environment there. So people want to welcome you in and make you part of their family right away. So the resilience and the pride of the people is a really beautiful thing. That's fantastic. One of the things that when I was researching, I read that it's actually the second permanent Black American settlement in Africa after Freetown, Sierra Leone. I guess it was formed in 1822. So that was a long time ago, right? Yeah. So with that history, what's the language there? You know, Do people speak English a lot or is there a native language there? The answer to both of those is, is yes. The official language is English and they actually use American dollars when you go there. So when the slaves were set free in the United States and they were offered the opportunity to go back to Africa, Liberia is where they went, hence the name Liberia. Mm -hmm. So they use US dollars, they speak English, 
Their flag even looks a lot like the American flag. They just have one star instead of 50. And the people there, they like to consider themselves like the 51st state. So <laughs> it's 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 pretty fun going there. And it's super convenient being able to uh, use American dollars. They also have Liberian dollars, which, you know, 100 Liberian dollars equals $1. So when you need to like make change or whatever, that's usually what you use. When you go there, obviously, when people think of Africa, they think of it's hot, it's a desert. What is the weather like in Monrovia? It depends on the time of year. The rainy season ends middle of October, beginning of November. During the rainy season, it's torrential downpours. The rivers are, I mean, not the rivers, the streets become rivers. There's flooding all over the place and it's a real mess. So I never really recommend people visit during that time of the year just because it's rough. But from November on through like May, it's really beautiful. I mean, it gets between, you know, mid 80s, mid 90s. It does get pretty hot and it's very humid, but you can manage in most places, most hotels and restaurants have air conditioning now. It's really quite comfortable. It's sunny, but it's not like you're in the desert. I mean, you're on the coast, so you've got the beaches right there. You've got nice breeze. It's really not bad at all. The interior, there's a rainforest. There's just a lot of variance within the geography, and the climate also changes the further north you go. But it's a pretty small country, so it's pretty contained. It's definitely not hot, desert-like, what you might think. Okay. So basically, November to May is the best time to visit. If you went in the summertime, is it more unbearably hot or is it? No, because they're so close to the equator. It's just those two seasons, rainy season and dry season. So okay. <laughs> it doesn't really matter when you go as long as you hit the uh, dry season time. Otherwise, you're going to be indoors the whole time. When we're there in Monrovia, what are some of the things to do? What are the major attractions that people want to see when they're visiting? The thing about Liberia, it's a growing country. It's a growing economy. It has not really ventured too deep into tourism yet, but you can find a couple of pretty awesome spots. So if you go just a little bit outside the city, there's a place called Robertsport, which has got just amazing surfing. They've got this big lagoon where you can go like fishing and they've got some, you know, you can rent small water vehicles, you know, whether it's jet skis or, or whatever. You can have some fun out there. And in Monrovia itself, there's a lot of great restaurants and there's amazing beaches. Some of them are a little dangerous to swim in because of riptide and all that. But you can find really great spots, especially just in the northern part of the city. There's a lot to do if you like being outdoors. There's great open markets where you can go and shop and look at just amazing art and, yeah, just explore the culture a little bit. There's hiking. They've got a national park, Sapo National Park, where they've got pygmy hippos and elephants and all that kind of stuff. That's a little bit further outside the city, but, you know, Again, it's a small country, so you can get there you know, relatively quickly. Let's back up for a second. As far as getting to Liberia, do you fly into Monrovia or where's the closest airport? Yeah, so that's one of the bummers. <laughs> There's only really one airport that you can get. There's been rumor of a new one for like five years, and I just don't believe it. So the airport is about an hour away from the city. Okay. It's called Roberts Field. There's a nice road that stretches from the airport to the city, but it does take you all to get there. And then in the rainy season, sometimes the uh, <laughs> the road is uh, uncrossable because a giant river ends up crossing. And you have to go all the way around, and then it can take like three hours. So again, highly recommend avoiding the rainy season. Okay, so now we've flown into Roberts Field, and then getting from the, the airport to Monrovia, is it something that you rent a car? Do you take a taxi service? What's the best way to get around? There's a lot of people that are going to be more than willing to give you a taxi ride to downtown to whatever hotel you're staying at, and you can get those for you know about 40 US. Otherwise, if you're staying at a hotel, they often have a shuttle service that you can call and they'll pick you up. But that's pretty much it. Car rentals don't really take place at the airport. You'd have to do that once you got into town. And then because of how small the airport is and how little traffic there really is going in and out of the airport, 
the one flight is at 7 p.m. and the other flight comes in at 10 p.m. So you're getting in at night. So you have to really plan ahead so that you know what you're doing. You don't want to just show up and be like, okay, now what? Definitely have a plan when you land. Yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that sometimes when we travel. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot to do this or I forgot to do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but okay, so we got to reserve a car or a taxi service. The hotels will actually drive an hour for the shuttle to come pick you up? Yeah, a lot of times they will, especially if it's one of the bigger, nicer hotels. They kind of plan that into their service. I've had it hit or miss. So, you know, you got to make sure that you're staying at a reputable place. It's funny. The very first time I went to Monrovia, I had some friends picking me up. I'd never been there before. So I didn't have like a proper SIM card in my phone. I didn't have anything. And I landed and they just didn't show up. And everyone was leaving the airport. And I was still just standing there. I was like, all right, I guess I need to find a taxi. And so I started talking to some guys. They were all going to take me. It was all figured out. And luckily, right before I jumped in the taxi, my friends pulled up. Their car had broken down. (laughs) Oh, no. So even if you do show up last minute, people are so kind and hospitable that people are always trying to help you out. You mentioned some of the more reputable hotels. Is there a lot of chain hotels or are they just more mom and pop, like boutique type hotels? What are some of the options there? There's not a lot of the well-known ones. There's, again, rumors of uh, Radisson being put in and Hilton, stuff like that. But right now you've got Kennedy Resort is a great one. That's where all of the crew from the airplanes, that's where they end up staying. It's about 45 minutes from the airport. And that's a really nice hotel. And then you've got like the Royal, the Grand Royal Hotel, which is right downtown which is one of my favorite spots. Okay, so both of those, those are hotels that'd be willing to come pick you up from the airport. Yeah, absolutely. And so now when you're in town, how do you get around? Are there buses? Do you take taxis again? Is there Uber? How do you get around? Right now, it's pretty much taxis. And the taxi service there is kind of like what our bus service is here. They go like junction to junction. You stand on the side of the road, and if you want to go straight at the junction, you just point that you're going straight. And then if a taxi is going that way, they'll stop and you can jump in. If you're wanting to turn, you just point that you're turning, and then any taxis going that route end up stopping. And it's a shared taxi ride, so you'll have people coming in and going out, and it ends up being a little slow, but you can get around pretty quickly there. You just have to know where you're going. You can also rent out a taxi for the day. They're very happy to do that. For like 30 bucks, you can rent a taxi for the entire day, and he'll drive you around and wait for you and stop when you stop, and it's a really easy way to get around, too. There's some good taxi services that are run by reputable people that a lot of the expats, a lot of the Peace Corps workers or different people that work for NGOs or the government will use. Have them on speed dial, give them a call, and they always show up. Okay, so now we're in town cruising around. Is there anything specific that's in town that we shouldn't miss? We've always talked about the beaches. Do you have a favorite beach that people should make sure they go to? Yeah, I've got a few of them. The one I frequent the most is in a district called Rehab on the east side of the city. So it's closer to the airport. That's where the office where I work is at. And so I'll often just walk right across the street, five minutes down the road, and there's this beautiful beach with amazing waves. It's real close to the Kennedy Hotel that I was telling you about. It's just unbelievable. I frequent that one a lot, but it's a little bit rough when the waves are crashing there and there's a little bit of an undertow. So I don't like swimming there because I'm terrified of drowning. Um, (laughs) But it's a beautiful beach. The other one is the beach right by... Golden Beach Restaurant, which is just amazing. And it always has spectacular views of the sunset. So definitely a place you want to check out. I know the picture you sent me of the sunset. I mean, that was that was really spectacular. It looked like paradise. Oh, man, it's it's great. You just sit there. You have a club beer in hand, which is their local beer. And you just watch the sunset. And it is always amazing. <laughs> right on. Okay, so now we talked about club beer as their, their local beer. On the food scene, is there local food, specialty dishes that people should try when they go? Absolutely. So 
I'm not a big fan of this one, but cassava leaf with rice and chicken or fish is one of the staples. I don't love it because it's often made with a lot of palm oil, so it's very oily. But people do love it. I also, one of my favorite dishes, I have a good friend of mine who always cooks me traditional food when I come and visit. She'll ask me what I want, and I never can decide. So they'll do like pumpkin soup over rice, or they'll do like potato greens. Basically, it's some sort of vegetable, and they call it soup, but it's more just like a sauce over rice with either chicken or fish. And you really can't go wrong. There's so many amazing options. Jollof rice is one of my favorites, which is like a stir-fry, deep-fried rice with fried chicken. And that is always just incredible. So yeah, the local cuisine there is really good. Now, if you don't like rice, it's going to get old pretty fast. But <laughs> the, the different soups that they put with it are just incredible. Okay, cool. I was reading something, something's called fufu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's one of those things you dip it in sauce. And if you put it in your mouth and you start to chew, it actually starts to expand. So you're supposed to just kind of like swallow it whole. Oh, I'm not a big fan of fufu, but people love it. And a lot of people with Western palates, whether European or from the US, do like it. So it's not like a dish that's so terrible that no one would like it. I just don't happen to like it. And I'm a consistency guy. So it just kind of uh, freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So for the listeners who don't know what this is, fufu is, from what I saw, it's pureed fermented cassava. Is that correct? Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> All right. So what's your favorite dish? So if I'm eating a local dish, it's going to be, I love groundnut soup with rice and chicken. So it's kind of like a peanut sauce okay. over rice and chicken. And it's just so good. And for some reason, you know, you've had a long day, it's hot, you're sweating, you sit down and you just have some peanut sauce or that. It's just so good every time. It's my favorite. And I always request it every time I'm in country because it's, <laughs> it's that good. If some of our listeners come out to Monrovia, obviously they don't have the same friends that you have. They're going to cook the home cooked meals for them. Where should they go as far as going to some of these local restaurants to be able to eat these meals? You can get the Liberian dish at any of the hotels or restaurants, but you want to find some of these like, like along the street, you'll just see different vendors that are selling food and stopping by there and just seeing whatever they happen to be cooking up that day. You're never going to go wrong. It's always really good. I know a lot of people get a little bit nervous eating street food in West Africa because they're not sure about sanitation, but just look around. If it looks clean, if it looks like people are doing their job well, it's always pretty safe. I always recommend just stopping by and just seeing what they happen to be cooking up that day. But there are also a lot of really great restaurants that give you a wide variety of food. One of my favorite dishes to get at a restaurant is barracuda with chips. So barracuda, most people in the U.S. haven't eaten it, but it is the best fish there is. And they just grill it. And, you know, you can still see like the whole fish. So like, you can see the fish's teeth and eye socket and all that stuff. So it's kind of weird, but it's just so good. Yeah, I can only imagine as you're eating it, it's actually looking at you while yeah, you're eating it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> May freak you out a little bit. We only have a couple more minutes. So I want to talk about some of the more unique experiences there. Like you mentioned earlier, the pygmy hippos. I was reading that the East Nimba Nature Reserve is one of the places that you should go to. Right, yeah. And I actually haven't been there yet. I need to go out and spend some time to do more touristy things because I end up going from meeting to meeting a lot of time. But yeah, that's definitely a place to check out. And the Sapo National Park would be another really sweet spot to go to. Yeah, I was reading about the Sapo National Park. Apparently, there's a lot of deforestation happening in the country. And a lot of the people that actually own that land, they actually just gave up their own land and turned that into a national park. That was really admirable that they would do that. There's a lot of pride with the land there. And I think people are beginning to realize just what's happening. 
with the deforestation and people coming in and trying to take different raw materials for their own purposes. And people are recognizing that this is not what they want for their country, for their future. So yeah, there's definitely some pushback. And you see that along a lot of the beaches as well, where some of these construction companies come in and try to take all the sand to make cement or whatever. So taking of resources and is definitely a problem. But luckily, people are you know seeing that that's not ideal for the future of Liberia. Well, that's fantastic that they are recognizing that and taking action. You know, it's their country. And, and sometimes, like you said, the people that are in business, they may not be thinking about the future. They're thinking of the next quarter's earnings. So they're exactly they're trying to make things happen that way. One of the other things I was reading about, it was kind of cool. Can you tell us what a monkey bridge is? No, tell me. When I was reading the website, I guess it's these bridges that are just using like forest materials. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I guess crossing like a monkey would do to cross the river or to cross like a, a gulch. I guess they're using vines and down trees and, and things like that. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. I have like the worst sense of balance. So I, <laughs> I'll i go down the road a little ways and try to find another crossing point. <laughs> well, right on. Stefan, it's been fantastic having you on here talking about Liberia and especially Monrovia. But now it's time for the final countdown. So if a traveler only had time for one meal in town, where should they go and what should they eat? I would recommend the Golden Beach because one, the sunset there is amazing, but then you're going to want to get their fish tacos. They are out of this world, delicious. They fry up some barracuda and you can get it nice and spicy if you like it. It is just so good. And if you want to get a club beer to wash it down, that is a recipe for success right there. Is the club beer, is it more of a lager or something a little bit more dark? It's like a Heineken. Okay. So it's a lighter beer. Yeah. 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 I would never drink that beer anywhere else, but in Liberia, it's perfect. Well, obviously you go there for business, but you obviously do have some fun. What's one of your most memorable stories when going into Monrovia? One of the most fun nights I had was just a couple weeks ago. Me and a buddy went down to the local entertainment center, which is basically this little place where they got a TV hooked up to some satellite and, you know, it's just like a little shop. And then everyone from the community just comes and sits and hangs out. And we are there watching some of the soccer matches that were on that night. And Liberia was playing a pretty big World Cup qualifying match and, and we were able to watch together. They were all just going nuts. The Liberians ended up winning the game, which is pretty rare for the country their soccer team's not always that great so it was just a huge party everyone was just you know having a great time and yeah it was just a lot of fun just feeling like you were part of the community and just being able to enjoy those festivities and it was just in this little kind of hole in the wall little place very unassuming but just with the dialogue and the conversation the company ended up being a really great night I think that's one of the things that we love doing most when we travel is going to see obviously in this case it's a country's team versus a city's team like we do in the U.S. but going to see a local sporting event and even if it's a a team you don't like but rooting for that home team and you feel more part of the culture you feel more in depth of part of the experience by doing it that way yeah absolutely and the people i was watching with they they really loved it and invited me into that whole process and it was just a lot of fun right on so as far as the laws there obviously alcohol is okay as far as if you're drinking club beer where's the happiest happy hour you can go to just about any place The places downtown are going to be a lot better than the ones out on the outskirts of the city. So again, Golden Beach is a popular place to go. The Royal Hotel is nice if you want to have a little bit of a fancier one. They've got a rooftop place upstairs that's really nice, so you could go there. Any of the nice restaurants or hotels are going to have a pretty pretty hopping scene. Speaking of making me happy, whenever I travel, I always like to have pepperoni pizza wherever I go. Sometimes when you go to other countries, pizza isn't always like a great option, but you did tell me that there is one place you would go for pizza, right? Absolutely. So yeah, I've often had pretty negative experiences with pizza. A lot of times in West Africa, there's either way too much sauce or not enough sauce, or it's way too sweet. 
but Lila Brown's does it right. Their pizza, they actually have like a pizza oven in the restaurant, so it's made right. It's so good. They get their ingredients from Italy for the most part, oh, wow. as far as their sauces go, and it's really, really good. I try to get some of that every time I'm, I'm in town as well. It's never let down. So you definitely want to check that out. All right. That sounds great. Talking about you coming in and out of town, let's talk a little bit about you and, and what it is that you do and why you actually go to Monrovia. I'm a director for a charity called Orphan Relief and Rescue, and we do anti-trafficking work as well as sexual abuse prevention work. We work with the government to try to help kids find a voice to seek out help when they need it, because it's a huge problem everywhere in the world. And, and Liberia is definitely a place where those issues are prevalent. Yeah. And you hear stories that are in the news occasionally of like the girls that were all kidnapped from the school and, and all these other you know horror stories. I mean, I have a daughter now and I think I'm much more protective now that I have a, a young daughter oh, yeah. than I was before. And you hear these stories and it just kind of resonates with you as a father. What would I do if, if I lost my daughter? Oh, I, yeah. Can't even think about that stuff. I know, but yeah, it is a real thing and it's a real problem. So yeah, so we work with the government to try to help them with dealing with those issues. Well, it's very admirable that you would do that. So that's great. Is there anything else that you do? Like what else do you do here in the States besides that? So that takes up a lot of time, but then I also just started my own podcast called Is This It? And I interview various people who could be a musician, artist, entrepreneur, just regular old average person and, and talk to them about pursuing dreams and what it means to overcome challenges and face fear to try to live your best life now instead of letting life dictate itself to you. That sounds great. I mean, there's a, I think a lot of people would really benefit from listening to that type of show. Oh yeah. And it's super selfish because it's, it's, <laughs> it's an opportunity for me just to talk to really interesting, fascinating people who have owned their own path and who are doing amazing things in the world. So I, I have a lot of fun with it. Hey, you know, like they say that you, you're like the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you're spending time with people that are doing that, then it can only do good things for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So Stefan, I really appreciate you being on the show. I learned a lot about Liberia through this process. It sounds like a really interesting place to visit. Hopefully I'll have an opportunity to go visit there one day. And when you do, let me know and I'll hook you up with the woman who does all the cooking for me and she'll treat you well. <laughs> nice. I really appreciate that. So uh, what we're going to do, we're going to have all the different things that Stefan talked about in the show notes. Thanks for being on the show and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Although Liberia may not be in the bucket list of most listeners, it is so fun to travel vicariously through others to experience destinations that we may not have thought about before. Liberia has so many unique experiences to offer, like the Sabo National Park, deep sea fishing, searching for pygmy hippos, and crossing monkey bridges. What's your favorite thing you learned about Monrovia, Liberia? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash Liberia or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when Sean Seacrest shows us Battleship from the War of 1812 and takes us out on Lake Erie to enjoy the sunset. We hope you enjoyed us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you enjoyed most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. If you'd like to listen to more podcasts about travel, I suggest learning about your favorite boarding area travel bloggers with the Now Boarding Podcast, hosted by Ed Pizza. Each episode features an in-depth interview with one writer to discover their passion for travel and rewards. Let me know what you think.